Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And I see a neighborhood, a neighborhood kid. And when you have a kid around the same age, you always start engaging. He's wearing a Jackson jersey. And I'm like, do you see that touchdown pass to uh, Andrew, right? At the, the, yeah, yeah. The Mark quarter, Andrew, the tight end. 31, um, 31 yarder that Romo explained so well as to, you know, like, okay, if he's not underneath, you're going to throw it out just you know, to keep it safe. But he turns him around. So I'm going into that. I'm so animated. And his mom just looks at me and goes, you didn't see overtime, did you? <laughs> Like we had to get out of the house. I was like, I'm so sorry. I, oh. I, I thought the game was in hand. Yeah. <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. Alrighty then. I'm looking something up in my phone. Do you have everything you need? I have everything I need now. I needed this thing in my phone because I want to open the show with this thing in my phone. And Dan ran, Dad ran off to the kitchen. Yeah, so I'm good on this. Um, a couple of things. Michael is here, six feet one inches apart from me, properly socially distanced, which he has to be because his in-laws are in town. And and uh, we, are, we are opting out of the large Thanksgiving indoor celebration. And by large, I only mean nine or ten people. But we're going to stay home. And nine or ten, are you double counting the kids? Yeah, I'm counting the kids as you and Liz is two. Up to two? Uh, you and the kids are four. Chan and Moni is six. Kate is seven. We would be nine. We would be under the minimum, of, under the maximum, maximum of 10. But we just thought... Opting out's a great way to reframe um, an expiring invitation. Expired. Expired. <laughs> um, so, I mean, because I, I pay attention to the CDC. I mean, I'm trying to pay attention. It, it, it's not a hardship. We will see Chan and Moni. We will see the kids and see well, them outdoors. Liz and I just want to be respectful. Very respectful of everybody's needs. So we'll do it outdoors, but... You know, I, and, and my daughter feels the same way about not doing some large family thing. And everybody says this. So you watch the news and, you know, they, they go to, it doesn't matter what state. It happened to be a guy in Oregon last night on the news. And he said, yeah, I'm having my whole family and we'll have anybody else in the neighborhood who wants to come in. Okay, well, then why don't you just, why don't you just distill the coronavirus into a liquid and dunk your head in it. Oh, that sounds like a good And gravy. put all your neighbors' heads in it as well. Are Why you don't you with the roof for that? It's just so No, I these mean, are the same guys on message boards who are going, Your guy's in now. The virus is just going away. It'll it go away by just, Christmas. Come on. Come on. Anyway, anyway, a couple of things to read and then I'll start the show. This is from Justin Wallace. I've been a listener since I lived in DC back in the 90s and tony took calls i followed you to espn then to xm then the local dc station and now the podcast i joined bespoke the first time they were sponsors a couple of years ago and i've liked several of the items they have sent me monthly and like the option to opt out when i'm not interested last year for christmas i bought several items from them gifts for the family and friends this year i did the same and i received a box from them yesterday but one of the items was wrong i emailed them last night and requested the correct item and a shipping label to send the incorrect item back well, they did the correct thing and said we're shipping out the correct item and do not worry about sending the incorrect item. We hope you enjoy using it. Isn't that nice? I want to give credit Customer to the service. person who took care of my issue. Bobby was his name. Not sure you can use this in your read, but I want to let you know what a great sponsor they were and how well they solved my issue. That's all you ask for. All you ask for is when you order something and it is not to your specification or not to your liking that they make it easy for you to return it and don't penalize you. And, and that's and, and, and customer that's that's what customer service comes from. Service. That's what you're supposed to do. Good for them. Also from Mark Kosky, we're late to this. We just watched the Eagles documentary. What a movie. Have you seen it? Also, how would you describe Glenn Fry? I would describe him as a gangster. 
uh, you know, I've said this many times. I would describe him as a guy. I have another documentary for you to watch. What's I'm, that? It's on Netflix. I, I think it's called In Her Own Words. It's 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 a Diana documentary that we're watching concurrently with the new season of The Crown. This is Diana? Yeah. Princess Diana? Yes, yes. And it's all of her quotes? Uh, yeah, so it's this archival interview. So it it's, it is her language. It's her voice, um, you know, superimposed over over photos and just, you know, actual footage they have. But it's... She's fascinating it's, to most is, people. Yeah, it's fascinating. She is fascinating. terrifying at times. Yeah. Um, so this morning... So I'm out at about five after six and I'm walking down the street and the dog starts looking around. Jesse, this is my street. I'm still uh -huh. on my street. And the dog starts looking around. Now, when the dog starts looking around, it's usually another dog. You know, dogs, as Chan often likes to say, dogs view the world through their noses and they have great senses of smell and they know what's going on. And that is how they are alerted to the world around them by a sense of smell. And so I look around and I don't see anything. And I go, it's nothing. And she thinks it's something. Now, I'm afraid it's a rabbit. She's going to pull off the leash. She's going to kill the rabbit. You know, but anyway. And then walking out from between two parked cars, one of them mine, is a giant buck ooh, ooh. with about six or eight points. Yeah, he's moving in. And it's big. Like, it's big. You know, the does are lean they're not that big this thing was gigantic and the dog is staring this thing down and i'm going discretion being the better part of valor chess let's get out of here let's just walk for a little while and we were being stared down by the buck and then we got out of the way and it left he left i don't know where he went but um on my own street it's i, I just i guess i thought that at this point in the year in late november do, do I have them wrong? Are they not hibernating creatures? Do they not hibernate? Am I wrong on this? I don't know. I don't, I don't believe they hibernate, but I will look that up. Oh, okay. So then I could I could look right, forward to seeing him is, for a while. This is the time of year where they start to call the numbers in Rock Creek, right? They go the arch. They send if, the archers If there are out. too many, if there are too many, but they don't even know if there are too many because nobody's been there in seven months. I mean, nobody goes anywhere. Nobody knows, right? Did, did, what, Nigel, you were going to say something. Well, deer do not hibernate in the wintertime. It says so when nighttime temperatures reach frigid lows, they have to find a warm spot to sleep in or they have yeah, to the get to house. Boca. Yeah, the, the Boca or the Little House, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they could go to the Little House. That's fine with me. Um, <laughs> they Just had leave the, the door the, open for them. They had the first <laughs> rankings yesterday on college football. Not surprising at all. The four teams that are ranked one, two, three, four. Uh, I think it was Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Some people would argue that Ohio State was below a one-loss team in Clemson, but you know, Ohio State hasn't played as many games. They're, they're the top four. They're actually the perfect four. They are the Midwest and the South, which is what college football is all about. You can't make a case for a Pac-12 team. It's possible the Pac-12 teams won't even play five games. I mean, just, you know, and there's no drumbeat for them. Um, I was surprised that Brigham Young being 14, but they said that strength of schedule was bad. Because Brigham Young is like 9-0. and oh. How about number 8? Number 8 is Northwestern. And Northwestern has a path to the, to the playoff. You've got to beat Ohio State. Path. you gotta, you got to beat Ohio State. I don't like your chances to beat Ohio State, but they have that path is laid out in front of them. I did want to talk about this one thing. Um, I have mentioned this name in my life, uh, the name of Ira Sedransk. Ira was a friend of mine. We went to grade school together in junior high and high school, and Ira was one of those people who would come to Delaware in the spring when we would play golf. Um, Ira passed away from uh, Lou Gehrig disease, ALS, uh, a year ago. 
um, and his, he has two sons, and one of his sons, Eric, is in the golf business. And, and what I'm going to describe now is sort of amazing to me. He started something. Um, he started your ability to play golf with a basketball coach, often of some renown, in coaches for cancer, which is, that's been going on for quite some time, and that was for Jimmy Valvano, of course. But the annual Coaches for Cancer tournaments, which may be in some jeopardy this year because of the coronavirus, um, Eric Sedrans had this idea of auctioning off the ability to play, and he got a lot of coaches involved. You can go to this. It's go.memberforaday.com co slash coaches versus cancer. You can find it. I mean, if you want to find it, you can find it. He said, I got over a hundred college basketball coaches and other celebrities, including Jay Billis and Clark Kellogg and Bill Raftery, Ken Griffey Jr. to play at, at their clubs. At their, well, which, which club did Billis offer up? Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte. Yeah. Not, not the one you'd like to go to. Just ask Charlotte, Just Charlotte. For myself. To donate one round of golf with them, almost all are threesomes, plus the coach, celebrity, at courses around the country. All of the money goes to the American Cancer Society. The rounds are good for next summer. I'll do my best to find a suitable day for both parties. It's all dependent upon the coach's celebrity schedule. Each is unique, but we'll make it work. And if you go to this website, you know how to do this, right? I'm trying right? to right Like now. on the America East, they have three coaches. That code. Now, I would have paid... I would have paid money to do this um, with Tommy Glettner, the coach at Binghamton. He's not one of the coaches, but a lot. Of, Bill Raftery's giving you a round at Baltusrol, at Baltusrol. I mean, that's tremendous. Clark Kellogg's giving you a round at the golf club, which is a fabulous track in right right outside of Columbus, Ohio. There are some really nice courses here that people are are donating, and they are. Because they're often conference coaches, they may have a particular appeal to somebody, you know, in that relatively local area within the geography of the conference. I just think it's really good. Do you have the site, Michael? I'm working on it. Here, I have it right here. I mean, I just know how to press it. That's all I know. It's coaches versus cancer. And it, they've already raised $148,000. This is going on for the next two days. And you could pick out somebody you wanted to play with if that's what you wanted the bidding ends on november 27th at 9 p.m so that's thanksgiving day is it not is it not hello is anybody talking to me can you try to look up a website nigel are you alive you gave me a dead yes when is thanksgiving day thanksgiving the 26th day, the 26th yes so here for 25th. so then it's the day Thursday. after it's the day after then it's friday so here's the big east conference for example if i could press this and now of course nothing i press and nothing happens which is you know okay here's one around with kevin willard uh, he's seton hall coach at plainfield country club around with jim calhoun at the point judith country club jim calhoun is available for this he's not even in the big east anymore Around with Ed Cooley at Wanamoset Country Club. That's he's the Providence coach. Around with Wojciechowski at North Shore Country Club, which I guess is in Milwaukee, right? Because that's where that is. Around with Greg McDermott at Shadow Ridge or Arbor Links. He's the head coach at Creighton. And right now that bid's $825. Like, I don't want to like flash money around crazily, but that seems to me if this was the guy you really loved, you know, you could afford to do that. You're not going to be able to afford to do the Ken Griffey one. 
That's a lot of money right now. The America East ones aren't that big. Anyway, it's charity, and I'm proud of my friend's son. I'm proud of Eric Sedransk for doing this. And if you want to go to that, Michael, how do they go to that? You know uh, how to use the internet. Yes, just go th- go to memberforaday.com. And they, they have memberforaday.com? Their, member for a day, and they have their various auctions up. Right I now. don't know how to use the internet. I'm afraid of the... This is why I can't get tea times. But you'll click any on place any link that people send to you. You'll click anything in an email. Pretty much, just yeah. for a few minutes. Just, just, for, just for, for six months free <laughs> razors. Yeah, just to see what it is. All right, so we're going to do football today. We're going to do prognostication. We're going to do betting. We're going to have James Carville and Jeff Ma, and we're going to have Chuck Todd, and we're going to have Reginald the Monkey. We're going to come back with Carville. We think, we hope, we don't know. We honestly don't know. Uh, we will get Ma. We're not worried about that, and I can fill the time because I know how to do it, right? So don't worry about it. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Butcher Box ad, and I was in a conversation. I'm, I'm just going off script on this because I, I subscribe to this. I buy this. I like this, and I personally and heartily endorse it. And I was talking with my daughter about this yesterday, and my daughter is the one who got me involved in Butcher Box, for which I am very grateful. And I told you that we get steak, and we get pork chops, and we get chicken. I actually cooked last night. I grilled uh, some chicken thighs, which I really like to do. We get salmon. We get a, you know, it's, it's, it's very nice. You can't miss burgers. Yeah, great burgers. Tracy I, loves the burgers. The burgers are great. So what I said was I, I expressed a certain amount of bitterness and chagrin to my daughter because when you sign up now, you get their steak sampler with six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks, two New York strips, and four top sirloins added to your first box for free. And I said, you know, I wish I ought to get that. And she just, just lambasted me with how selfish I am and you know and she said you've been getting this for a few months let the new people have this it's not like you can and she just and I just said all right you're right yeah I'll be you're basting right. those new steaks you're right you're right so I'm not but I just thought like I mentioned the lobster tails that they had and one of the other giveaways and I just thought maybe if I could just say hey I never got the giveaways maybe you could give me the giveaways you know, it's like maybe if you the stick, nest maybe egg, if you, st- you gamble the, the nest egg or nest egg. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, the best night, the best steak night is free steak night, right? There's no added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh. It's chip frozen, vacuum sealed. So it stays that way. It's the best meat shipped right to your door. One less trip to the grocers you get the highest quality meat for about six dollars a meal they even have free shipping nationwide except alaska and hawaii for a limited time new members get six free grass free grass-fed grass-finished steaks when they go to butcherbox.com slash cadence c-a-d-e-n-c-e then you say why cadence why not tony because obviously our partnership with cadence butcherbox is ordering you know is is promoting this on a lot of different podcasts through Cadence, and they want to keep track. If you order and it says Cadence, they keep track of how the entire company is doing. And if you do Tony, which you should do, there should be a separate Tony code, and they would see how much we deliver here. Yeah, put but, Tony in so he gets those steaks. But I can't do it. Uh, the offer for the free uh, box for the steaks is only go through Cyber Monday. I don't know when that is, but it's a Monday. It's got to be a Monday. That's six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash cadence. That's butcherbox.com slash cadence. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. 
This is a new song from Tom Lofgren and Ronnie Newmeyer. It's called Keening Sugar Blue. It's for Tommy Keen. And Ronnie writes, Tommy Keen, I'm writing this, sending you a song I wrote about another TK. Tommy Keen, who passed away this month three years ago, was a DC singer-songwriter who was signed to Geffen Records in the early 80s and over the course of his career established himself as one of the finest tunesmiths anywhere in the power pop vein. He never quite got over the top commercially, remains a critic's favorite, but his collaborators and fans include R.E.M., The Gin Blossoms, Goo Goo Dolls, The Bangles, Paul Westerberg from The Replacements, and many more. I'm pretty sure Dave Shinin is among his fans. It's called Keening Sugar Blue. And Ronnie Newmeyer and Tom Lofgren are total faves of this show. We love to play their music. We're grateful for it. And they play in Jeff Ma. For those of you wondering where Carville is, so are we. We're wondering where Carville is. We don't know. We were going to drop Carville to zero and zero when he ever came back, and he always says he's coming back, but it's sort of like waiting for Godot, and we just don't know where he is at the moment. Jeff Ma joins us from the fabulous podcast, Bet the Process, with Rufus Peabody. And before we get into Jeff's picks, and Jeff won the last game um, that he picked, so he went 3-2 and two last week, a winning week. He's 24-28-3. You wanted to talk about the effect on the line of Taysom Hill. Now, I'm pretty familiar with this because we did this story on Friday. There was a report Friday morning that Sean Payton, though he had not said this publicly, was going to go with Taysom Hill and not Jameis Winston. My position, Jeff, was I, I was surprised because um, Jameis Winston had come in for Drew Brees when Brees got his ribs cracked and was pretty good, and I thought he'd be better. And the reason I thought he'd be better was because of Sean Payton, who I actually do think is an offensive genius, though I may be wrong. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to be critical of this move at all until we see what the results are. And the results were that Taysom Hill was awfully good, and they won that game comfortably um, way over the spread uh, New Orleans covered. You said it had an effect on the betting. Yeah, I mean, when... When it was early in the week, um, I think the conventional wisdom was that Jameis Winston was going to be starting, and New yeah. Orleans was minus five. When they announced um, Taysom Hill would be starting, or at least when there was some decision, they took the game off the board. But when it reopened, it got bet all the way down to some some three, what, what, what we call minus three juiced, meaning it's minus three, but the odds aren't quite even. But it got down, you know, to, to minus three, meaning the betting public thought that this was a bad decision. Um, and, and even the total, the over under went down also from, I think 50 some at some point to, to uh, I think as low as 49, 48 and a half, something like that. And so what the betting public is saying is, Hey, Sean Payton, you're an idiot. We know better than you do. We think that you should be starting Jameis Winston because we think in that case, the, you know, the Saints should be minus five, but with Taysom Hill, we think they should only be minus three or closer to minus three, which you think about it, it's crazy, right? Like, I mean, Sean, it's, this isn't Anthony Lynn. This is Sean Payton. This is a guy right. that is, you know, it's like, how can we all think, you know, as the betting public that we are smarter than him and that we think he's making a bad decision and that ultimately, you know, is he trying to make a decision that optimizes their opportunity to win? Of course he is. And does he have more knowledge and, and data than we have? Of course he does. So it's just interesting that, you know, that we reacted as a betting public this way. Um, Taysom Hill, you know, and even just the statements that Ryan, like people like, I think Ryan Clark or someone said, 
he's just Tim Tebow who can, and he can't throw or, or whatnot. And, and, you know, it's pretty clear that that, that just not, wasn't a very fair statement. No, he was terrific. He was terrific, and it proved that Sean Payton actually knew what he was doing. Now, I don't necessarily think that Jameis Winston won't play the rest of the season. I think, I think Sean Payton could design something against a particular team where Jameis Winston would be the correct choice, and he is unafraid to do that. I, I, I don't understand the thinking that says Sean Payton doesn't know his own team. I don't get that at all. Do you? I don't get that. No, it, 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 again, like especially after seeing what happened this week, it's just confirmation that a coach like Peyton knows what he's doing, which is just, again, like all the stuff I'm saying just sounds stupid because it's like Peyton is one of top five coaches in, in the NFL for sure, right? I mean, yes. he's, he's proven it. And, and I think if, if he didn't have the bounty gate thing hanging over him, we would say he's you know right up there with Belichick. Um, you mentioned Anthony Lynn. There's nobody living in tougher luck than Anthony Lynn. There's some great statistic out there about games decided by one touchdown or less. In other words, eight points or less, and how terrible his record is in the last two years. It appears that that the Chargers are trying to get him fired. Um, does he? Do you have some sense of his terrible luck? Yeah, it's it's hard because you know you and I talked about this last week and. You know, we talked about when, when you know, jokingly when I decided I want to take take the Jets and took the, the Jets. Jets you won, as, you won. Yeah, I mean, they got up to as many as ten points. But like, it, it, it's interesting because if you go back and look at the play by play or even the decisions that he made in that game, the only poor decision I would say he made is kicking that field goal fourth and one at the you know inside the five yard line. There, there's just kind of like very few situations where that's the right move you should almost always go for it just because you know the probability of getting a fourth and one the difference between seven points and three points um and the difference in field position that you're going to give up on a on a kickoff versus like giving them the ball the five yard line but if you go and look at the play-by-play he stayed aggressive like i was expecting to look and see like oh herbert you know, they ran, they ran, they ran. But Herbert, they stayed aggressive. Even on that uh, that drive where they went three and out, they gave the uh, Jets the ball back with the chance to kind of cover. Um, they stayed aggressive. So I was going to ask you, like, what do you think it is? Do you think there's just, it's just, he's just snake bitten, or, or yes. what do you think it is? Yeah, because I think he's a pretty good coach and his pedigree is pretty good. I just think they're totally snake bit. I mean, he he's in the situation that Dan Quinn was in, and Dan Quinn got fired. I mean, I don't expect Anthony Lynn to be back with the Chargers next year unless they win like three of their last four or something like that because they could get somebody else in there to develop Justin Herbert if they wanted to do that. I just think they lose too many close games. Um, I think the guy's living in terrible luck. I do. You know, I don't know him, but I think he's living in terrible luck. What are you picking for us this week? Uh, we're going we're gonna to start with um, – actually, we're going to take all three of the uh, Thanksgiving games – and we're going to take the underdog in all three. We're going to take Detroit plus the three. Um, I think that the reason that Detroit must be an underdog here, obviously, is, is reaction to last week where they lost to Carolina, where Carolina is playing a backup quarterback. There's probably some sense that, that Stafford isn't quite right. Um, but I just can't see a world where they're getting three points at home against a Houston team who obviously played well last week in beating the Patriots, but but they just have not been a good team all year. So right. I like Detroit right. plus the three. Okay. Um, I like your Redskins uh, plus the three. No, they're the football also. team. We all make oh, that sorry, mistake. Sorry, We're the sorry, football team. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Do you think they're ever going to change their 
name or are they going to stick with no. that? No, this is good. Everyone likes it. Everyone in town likes it. The football team, it makes them smile because it's so terrible. Makes them smile. So there's no reason to ever change it. Plus, their logo looks great. It really <laughs> looks great. So, you know, I think they'll stay with it. You like them against Dallas? You like them? I I do, and and I think that again, this is a situation where people are overreacting to one week. Dallas has been a pretty poor team um, all year. Even even you know when when uh, when Dak was there, their defense was was not particularly good. Um, you know they, they play one good week, and all of a sudden now they're they should be favored against Washington by you know three points. It's, it doesn't. Makes sense to me. Um, Washington's defense has played pretty well this year. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, again, this is just a statement that, like, maybe, maybe we're overreacting a little bit to one week. Okay. All right. What else? And then I'm going to take the Ravens, Ravens plus the five and a half. Um, really? Similarly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is one of those games that, like, if this had been played at the beginning of the year, what would the, what would the line be? The line would be closer to even, right? So you, yeah, but they've lost maybe. their top two running backs. They're in they're in disarray because of coronavirus and disarray because they've been beaten badly. You know, against the good teams they've played. Wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. the narrative here would be would the the counter narrative would be they need this game and they need this game yes. a lot more than Pittsburgh does. Yes, yes, and hundred percent losing a couple yes. running backs obviously that hurts, but they, they're they're a team that has serviceable running backs, and you know I think they're very happy with having Gus Edwards in there. They they and Justice Hill, they, these are guys that have been with them for a long time and have talent. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure. Lamar Jackson, there seems to be a way to defend him, to, to stop him. That, I mean, it, 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 I don't think it's coincidence that Baltimore has lost to, what, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and, who's, and Tennessee. The good teams they've played, they've lost to. The only team that would be considered good now that they beat and they drummed them was Cleveland, but wasn't that in the first week of the season? So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and, and again, like this is why the line is what it is, right? It's it's right because of exactly what you're saying. So this you you play the line and you play to you know to, to, for a longer sample size. Meaning the Ravens um, over the course of whatever the last twenty games have certainly been better than they've looked over the last. Yeah, the line the line's going way up since the announcement that Ingram and Dobbins weren't going to play. It's gone way. It's gone like almost doubled. Right? Didn't it go from three to five and a half or something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it it was going to go this direction anyways because I think people wanted right. to bet on Pittsburgh, right? So, um, okay, I'm going to take Miami. I'm going to go against the Jets. I'm going to take Miami minus seven. Um, you know, obviously Miami needs this game. That would be the narrative. The Jets. Um, Jets don't. Jets have, don't need anything. You know, last week, it, it, despite their back door, they they were they were out of that game pretty much most of the game, and you know they they got that obviously the. The, they got the big two turnovers to start the game, um, the block kick, and and then the and then the uh, I think the know, fumble, yeah, fumble. Um, but then they just got completely outplayed until right at the end when they were able to do what we call a backdoor cover. So I like Miami minus a seven here. Okay, and then got finally, another one. Yeah, yeah. I'm finally, I'm going to go with Taysom again. Uh, New Orleans minus the five and a half. Uh, New Orleans, I think, given where they are right now, getting those you know defensive backs playing better, their 
pass rush is much better than it was at the beginning of the year. And, and you see, you see it in their defense, right? You saw it against Tampa Bay. You saw it against Atlanta, who we talked about being a team that had played much better since Dan Quinn had gone fired offensively. Yes. We're playing yep. as one of the top teams. New Orleans completely shut them down. So, you know, this is definitely a, a statement game where I think, you know, New Orleans is, um, I would say, if not the best team in the NFL right now, I think it's Kansas City and uh, and New Orleans as the top two teams. So I like them minus the five and a half here under a touchdown um, against a, a Denver team that, despite winning last week, is not very good. Um, I like them minus the five and a half. It's it's interesting to me. I wonder what your feeling is about this. That that teams. Maybe they were favorites for a while. Maybe everybody was excited about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. And now that they've lost three out of four in primetime games, and they have, I think their next game is Kansas City, right? It, it's Kansas City. Uh, do, you, do you ever see, is there ever a time when teams that were maybe propped up, at, and I would think this would happen with Dallas because they are popular, and then people come to a point in the season where they say, you know what, they're not that good. We're not betting on them anymore. They're not that good, and their lines dramatically change. Yeah, that that definitely happens. I mean, the lines are are a perception of of uh, oftentimes what's happened recently. I mean, even in this Kansas City Tampa the game that you mentioned, Kansas City is minus three against Tampa um, in Tampa. If this had been played uh, two weeks ago, meaning right before the New Orleans game this would be closer to even, right? Yes. And, and yes. obviously the last two games, Brady has looked very old. Um, Brady has looked, the Tampa has looked very beatable. And, and uh, you know, in, in this case, Kansas City is over, they're minus three, minus three and a half in some places. So basically they're over a field goal favorite. Um, and, you know, so the betting public is definitely reacting to what they've seen with Tampa recently. Um, this will be an interesting one because ultimately the, the last two games where, where Tampa has really struggled is, is around this, uh, you know, pass rush where, where pass rushes that can get to Brady really, really, or really have challenged him. And I think, you know, like, again, I, I actually forgot the Carolina game was sandwiched in between those two losses, but, but yeah, no, I, I think if Kansas city can get any kind of rush on them, then, then Tampa's, Temple won't won't win this game, and we'll, Kansas City probably will cover. And and the sabotaging of Brady by Bruce Arians is amazing to me, because I would like to count the amount of rings Bruce Arians has as opposed to the amount of rings Tom Brady has. And Bruce Arians, like you know, the next week just says, eh, you know, he threw bad here, he threw bad there. What are we doing? You know, well, if you don't want him, go to Blaine Gabbert. Go to Blaine. Is that where, right? Where, That's their backup, Blaine Gabbert. Go to him. Go to him. Where are you huh? on this whole? Brady versus Belichick legacy argument because I think that's been interesting to see it all play out this year. Well, I think that New England is hurt a lot worse by Tom Brady leaving. You know, I, I, I think that it's obvious what has happened to New England, whereas I still hold out a certain amount of hope for Brady. But one of the things I said yesterday on the, on the PTI program was that Brady at this point, right now, and it doesn't mean it won't change and he won't have muscle memory and be great at, in the playoffs if they get to the playoffs. But right now, he reminds me of Michael Jordan in Washington, you know, at the end, where you just go, this is not championship quality. It's good. It's fine. like to watch it. It's not championship quality. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even play next year, right? I wouldn't be at this point. He's 43. I think, I think he will play next year because he's, he's you know, he's had 
the, the thing about Brady is that as, as a Patriots fan, as I am, I've been watching him play for the last couple of years, and this decline is not unpredictable, right? He, you know, right. He, in, in, and I do think that the interesting thing, and, and yes, obviously, but, but I would ask you, like, do you really think the Patriots would be any better this year if Brady were there? Yes. I, the way he's played, I don't, I, I don't yes. think so. I mean, I think they would be a little bit better just for the, for the comfort level. I think they'd be a little bit better. Um, and I don't, I'm not faulting Newton, although Newton can't throw deep at all anymore. And it has no particular accuracy, but physically he's run the ball so well and he scored a lot of touchdowns. Newton has not hurt them in that regard, but I think they'd be a little better. All right, let me get out of here. Uh, do you have any, are you in Masters water polo, by the way? Are you still playing water polo where you are? I haven't played. In, I was for a while until, until maybe two years ago, I kind of stopped playing. Um, but yeah, no, I was traveling around and playing. We were playing in tournaments that were in places like Austin and, and Arizona and, and internationally yeah. and whatnot. Did anybody ever recognize you and know who you were and try to drown you in the pool for whatever their reasons would be? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mostly because I just wouldn't park their car when they asked me to. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Ma, boys and girls, go listen to his podcast, Bet the Process with Rufus Peabody. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Uh, We will take a break. We will come back with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd is going to pick games today. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Lincoln Financial ad, and I do think it's well-written. I mean, I know I'd say it a lot, and... You probably get sick of the same ad, but it's a well-written ad. Hey, everyone, the new world we're living in has me and my family talking a lot more. I mean, we're talking about everything from how much greater was the greatest of all time than today's greatest to how to make sourdough bread, and I add parenthetically. Both Michael and Elizabeth can do that and do it. To how excited we are that football is finally back, and this entire show is based on football, so we are excited about that. I can't keep watching Chessie run circles in the backyard and call it a spectator sport, but I did have a good day today because she didn't bark. I took her in the backyard, and she didn't bark that piercing play with me bark that apparently infuriates the across she the street had a great neighbors. catch too she did she's a very good catcher of the frisbees but despite how talkative we all are the people at lincoln financial want to point out the one conversation that most people still haven't had and that is your financial plans so do find time to talk to your loved ones about it because the more we talk the better we plan protect and retire that's why lincoln financial is here to help you get the right questions to start your conversation at lincolnfinancial.com you're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. The song is called Dark Angel. It's by Rob Frank. It's the second single off his latest release. The album is called Isolation. You can purchase it, stream it at all the usual places. Rob Frank has played for us before. We love his music. We love everybody's in, you know, original music that they send to us. And Michael... As everybody knows, you can listen to these songs in their entirety at the end of the podcast, but if people want to send original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. Chuck Todd joins us now. We tried to get Emily Murphy, but we settled for Chuck Todd. That's funny. <laughs> if you're involved in politics, that's sort of funny. At least I thought it was funny. You had a rough week. You had two and five. You had bookends. You won the Thursday yeah. night game. You won the Sunday night game, and you lost everything in between. Not great. Prime time. And it's all about prime time. It's all about, the, well, you know, the marquee games. You know that. Well, that so was good. Right. Screw everything else. We all have right. line changes for you today. Nigel gave me changes early in the morning, so we will start. Yeah. 
Go By ahead. the way, I, I got those, and it's almost just like, yeah, we want to make sure to make this even harder for you. We're going to make it even more difficult. Oh, you guys are relentless. You know, just relentless. It's like you're taunting me with updated lines. Thanks a lot. Here is the, here's the first game tomorrow afternoon, the traditional Detroit home game on Thanksgiving. Houston went up from minus two and a half to minus three. Detroit is a home dog on Thanksgiving. Who you got? This is the most unedible game in the history of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, this is like, this is a pass the gas. This is a gas X game or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's awful. I mean, right. I, you can't. Anyway, you know, it used to be the convention was, oh, don't bet against Detroit on Thanksgiving. I saw a Detroit stat, I think stinks. I think they're like one for 12 against the spread in, this, in the last 13 uh, Turkey Day games. They're terrible, and you have to bet on Houston. You got to lay yeah. points points with them. It's just a terrible game. I'll go with the Texans out of just what you just. Detroit's awful. Detroit and is that awful. Trend line is there, and you know Deshaun Watson is still a good quarterback. Yep. What is it yep. is terrible what they're doing to that guy. They're literally yeah, he... want to see what happens if we have not a single other NFL caliber player. With a great quarterback. <laughs> How many games can we win? So far, pretty good. They can sweep Jacksonville. That's great. Here's an interesting game. This is the second game on Thanksgiving, the traditional Dallas game. Lately, they have been playing Washington more often than other teams, it seems to me. They're both 3-7. and seven. They both won last weekend. Um, Washington is getting three. Who you got? Um. Can I just say, does the NFL hate Thanksgiving? <laughs> I, mean, are these, I mean, these are just, if you said, let's come up with just two awful matchups. I mean, was Jacksonville not available in London? Couldn't do that game because of the pandemic. Um, I guess the Bengals, you know, they'd already scheduled that one. Uh, mm. I like the football team here only because uh, I, I sort of, I, I, they seem to be the, I can't believe I'm going to say this. They seem to have less drama than the other team. And um, I don't know. I guess I trust Ron Rivera more than I trust McCarthy. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, give me the football team. I don't, you know. Alex Smith has gotten incrementally better. He has. The only way anybody watches this game, though, is if it's on Thanksgiving. It's like the NFL That's said, right. we're going to make. We're going to hold you hot. We know our product is so good. We're going to give you the worst versions of our product and force you to watch it. Well, they give you they give you something at night that is extraordinarily (laughs) attractive until the recent coronavirus news. This is Baltimore in an absolute must situation at Pittsburgh, the only undefeated team, the blood rivals. And it was a three point game. And now it's up to five and a half because of the news of all the coronavirus spreading through the Ravens. And I, honestly, I'm not certain that this game will be played, although the NFL likes to plow through. Five and a half, if you like Baltimore, who have not been good lately. I assume my employer, being Comcast and NBC, I think yes. this is the NBC game, right? If I'm yes, not yes, 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 yes. So, you know, um, I, I have a feeling it's my, my, my employer who... Um, may want this game to go go through more than anything else. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching this all week with the line moves because of the, um, with the virus. And every yeah. time the line has moved in favor of Pittsburgh, it's 
only made me want to take the Ravens more. I, you know, because of what you – A, they have to win. Have to win. Um, and, you know, okay, so they only have Gus Edwards at running back. Okay, watch him run for 150 yards. Like, that's just a Gus Edwards thing to do, you know, the once – you know, sort of a couple times a year when you're like, boy, that guy who runs like 10 – you know, who takes, you know, runs like a 10 40 somehow has 120 yards. <laughs> and he does that in that offense every, like, it seems like a couple, every, every once in a while. Um, I just, I, I just feel like you have to be on the side of the Ravens or you don't bet the game. Right. Okay. You can't assume the undefeated team stays undefeated in a rivalry game like this inside the division. All right, we'll go to Sunday games now. Arizona is at New England. New England is hurting. Uh, they're, you know, probably going to miss the playoffs. Arizona is minus two and a half. The notion that Arizona, with the stinkitude in that franchise over the last eight to ten years, the notion that they could somehow be favored on the road at New England, you know, is mind-blowing until you look at the circumstance right now. Who you got in this game? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I am struggling. I feel like I'd like to see – I feel like Belichick against Kyler Murray in what could be colder weather, because this is at New England, right? It's at New England, and Kyler Murray's got a bad shoulder. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I've, this is one that I would stay away with, from with real money because of, of, of that issues. But I'll, I'll take, I'll take uh, the Patriots here. Although they've burned me every time I think they, you know, they're going to win one at home. But I, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take Belichick in figuring out how to slow Kyler Murray down. Here is a game that would be a fabulous game to watch if the cities involved weren't such non-entities and they don't have any national, they just don't have any national appeal. Um, if they had named the Titans the Nashville Titans, they would have more national wow. appeal than the Tennessee idea. Titans. By the way, well, they should do that. What, nobody's stopping them. No, you can change. The Marlins, Arizona the Marlins changed. Became the, the Marlins became Miami. the Miami Marlins. And, one and of the, the Phoenix Cardinals you know, became the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. You can, you, it, they should be Nashville because Nashville has California an identity. Angels. I miss the yeah, California Angels. Tennessee has no particular identity. Tennessee is getting, is this three and a half? Three and a half at Indianapolis. Indianapolis keeps winning, and you hate Phillip Rivers, and he still throws the ball sidearm. I know. But he won that. He didn't win that game. They won that game on a fumble. Tennessee looked awfully good. Both teams looked good. They both looked good. Both teams played hard, my man. Both teams played hard. Who you got? Well, Packers fans will know that game because apparently Mike McCarthy decided to head to be the head coach of the Packers for a game because that was a McCarthy game. Packers played yeah. really well for about a quarter and a half, fall asleep at halftime, don't make a single adjustment, um, and one mistake cost them the game. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking the Titans here only on the um, – It's the this is a rematch. Uh, look, it's just interdivision, second game. I don't, I don't like taking favorites in, in, in the second game. In, in these things, if, if especially if the dog is the one who lost the last time, so Indianapolis um, beat them badly, beat them soundly. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Indianapolis beat. Them. No, right, so you'll take Tennessee. About, and there's something about um, what's his name, um, Henry, last week. He, he all of a sudden when he, you just see like you're like boy, they, they seem to be bottling him up, and then all of a sudden comes the fourth quarter and nobody can tackle the guy again. Well, not I, only I mean, don't don't they tackle him, yeah. they don't even want to tackle him. They don't Would want to go you, near him. In fairness, no. would you? I mean, He's a beast. He looks, He's a beast. He looks well, twice the size of every other running back on the field. You're like, why is it defensive end running the ball? It scares you. And the DBs all remember the the uh, the stiff arm play. They all remember that. Yeah. That was the Josh yeah, Norman play, stiff arm play, right? Yeah, uh, I'd be Deion Sandersing that too. 
Yeah, <laughs> run away from it. Never tackling, never tackling uh, Henry. Anyway, this is another game that I don't know. Seventy-two hours ago, looked great. Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Kansas City is a three and a half point favorite on the road at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, boy, Brady has struggled lately. Here's a let me let me ask you this, Tony. Yeah. If it were five and a half, would you take Kansas City? If it were seven and a half, would you take Kansas City? Like, is there a number? The point is, and I'm saying is, I, I'm so afraid of betting against Kansas City that yeah, I don't. They have the best know. player in the world. Yeah, right. I agree. Even in a game like this, you're like, well, three and a half, sure, Kansas City. And then if you're six and a half, yeah, well, I guess got to lean Kansas City. And if you went nine and a half, you're like, well, I don't know, maybe I won't bet it. But if I had to, I mean, like, why would yeah. you stay away from Kansas City in this game? You just and and watching. By the way, Brady looked exactly like we thought he would if he had pressure. You put Brady under pressure; they're not winning a Super Bowl with that no. with, with, with the way they're going. That's just not happening. No, no, it's not championship quality at this point. And the other kid, the other kid has been now for two and a half years the best player in football. By the way, the NFC going to be a lot of fun. Literally, yeah, any of the six of the seven seeds. I mean, the NFC East won't have a chance. But whoever right. else gets in the playoffs, they could all yeah. go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're, you're 100% you like, right. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. All right, we'll end with uh, Chicago at Green Bay. Chicago is getting eight and a half. This is a division game. And Chicago, and I know they've fallen, but eight and a half. Yeah. I'm not trying to influence you, but that's a no, big number. It's a, it's a huge number. That, that, that's a number that indicates that, and you normally wouldn't see a number like that. It indicates that maybe they think, you know, did the Bears quit, right? Is it? Is yeah. It, is, yeah. It's a team that's quitting. That, that's the only way that number. Well, the Packers have to win, too. They do. They, they, Must game for the do. Packers. Have yeah, to win. Do. So. That's it. Look, I wouldn't bet this game because it's eight and a half too many. But I'm not going to be on the side of the Bears, so I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take the Packers here. By the way, Tony, we're still a little shell shocked from your costume yesterday. Oh, the turkey. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um... There, the little dangler was a real distraction. You know, it was. First of all, kudos to you. You did it. You never broke. You know, I mean, guys on SNL break. You never broke. Well, well, you gave serious no. commentary with the little dangle. Yeah. What do you call the yeah. thing that dangles? The turkey. It was the turkey nose. It was the beak. It was the beak. The, the beak. It was. Yeah. Uh, but you did it with ever without crack. But we were, you know, admittedly, my son came down with about you know two minutes into the gag. He's going, what "The hell is that?" Yeah, I was determined to go the distance with it as long as I was there. I, if if I felt that we were going to do serious <laughs> stories like virus stories, you know, yeah. then I would have said no. But I knew we were opening with Brady. I know how much Wilbon loathes Brady. I knew we would be okay, and um, so Tom, and then we were doing Tom turkeys Turkey. of the year. So I was I I did it, and I was happy to do it because you know what? And this is different from what you do. It is different. I'm in the entertainment business. I am. So if I, people. You know, a little, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down your pants. It's okay. <laughs> can, I, can I just tell you? Uh, I, uh, I still believe that we are not in the entertainment business, but what? I have a feeling a lot of my news colleagues think they are. Oh, I do worry about this, but anyway. And, and I understand what you're girls. saying, but as somebody like yeah. me who grew up in newspapers oh, and respects, yeah. respects the strata of everything, yeah. you know, you're not in the entertainment business. You're not. No, so, I keep trying right. to remind people of that. Yeah, Talk to you soon. Thank you, Chuck. Have Bye, a good guys. holiday. Happy, happy Turkey Day. Bye. Thank you.
Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But we we fill the barrel for you. <laughs> See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. Sometimes he throws his poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. A rare winning week for Reginald last week. Two and one. Reginald now 14 and 19 overall. Nigel, what does he like this week? Uh, when I went down to the National Zoo uh, to check in with him, and he was in the midst of a, a dress rehearsal for a production of Death of a Salesman. Tremendous. He does, he does dinner theater, outdoor dinner theater all the time. Uh, is he Willie? Be- does he play Willie or does he play he, one of the kids? He no, he's playing. He's playing Willie Loman. Uh, You'll love this cast. Raquel Welch plays his wife, Linda. uh, And (laughs) Jason Statham and Mark Ruffalo play um, the kids. Yes, play the kids. Yes. Yes. Biff Biff and Happy. Yeah. Uh, That'll be at Rockland's Barbecue, by the way, on Friday night. So please stop on by for that. Yeah. They took a break. From the production uh, to go over some of these games. And the first game we gave him was the Washington football team getting three at Dallas. And uh, this is a nice photograph of him making a turducken with Gary Hogaboom, Randy White, and Drew Pearson. So clearly, he, yeah, he'll take Dallas and lay the three. Now, the next game we gave him was uh, Pittsburgh at home giving five and a half to the Ravens. Uh, and this is a, an old photograph of, from the 70s, I believe. Reginald having a big Thanksgiving dinner with John Candelaria, Kent DeColvey, and Dave Parker. So clearly he has ties to... He's going Pittsburgh. The, yeah, Pittsburgh in that game. Um, and the last game we gave him was uh, the uh, Arizona giving two and a half at New England. And this is just a rather odd little video of Reginald and Kyler Murray in a mashed potato eating contest, which, by the way, <laughs> Reginald won consuming 5.6 pounds in 10 minutes. So he is your mashed potato eating champion, and he clearly has ties to Arizona. So he will take Arizona and lay the two and a half against the Patriots. I think I'd go Patriots in that. I think I would be with Chuck on that, that Belichick, that this would be the last stand, and he's just not going to lose this one. Anyway, okay, that's all good to know. Thank you to Reginald. Thank you to everybody. We will take a break, and we will come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Any day that you can have Tom Lofgren and Ronnie Newmeyer play once is a good day. We had them twice today. Um, Nigel, Bethesda Bagel ad? Uh, yes, we love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Stop in. I don't believe they're open on Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow, but they will be back open on Friday. Stop in and to find the location nearest you in the D.C. area, just go to BethesdaBagels.com. You'll be thrilled you go by. And Michael, we have a new Johnny O code. Yeah, well, what, what day is Thanksgiving on again? Uh, no, tis the season for a new Johnny O code, uh, TK Lights. It's not going to get you anything extra for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, because I already have great deals for that. But still use the code so they know that you are you know, friends with us, and it'll help you out all holiday season. Go check out the On the Range versatile sneaker. I'm not joking. I think I'm 6'3 when I wear these things. Is that right? So imagine what it can do for your golf game. So I have, you got me a beautiful sweater. Yes. Beautiful sweater. And the new shoes that I wear on the show, on the PTI show, but nobody ever takes a picture of my feet. Those slip-on gray shoes. Check out the new Henleys, including the Fleetwood. 
Uh, that's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in. It's around the back, just a half a mile from the railroad track. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. That's Arlo Guthrie's greatest song. His probably his only great song goes on for, I don't know, 19 minutes. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Jeff Ma, host of the podcast, Bet the Process. Thanks to today's sponsors, Lincoln Financial and ButcherBox. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get showed through iTunes, please leave a review. From Keith Borland in Kenmore, Washington, disappointed that with Dr. Hofwoff's voice impairment on Monday, we didn't get an encore of the Johnny Most impression. With the natural <laughs> raspiness, it wouldn't have been necessary for Mr. Tony to do more than slightly raise his voice and say, Lambeer is a gutless yellow bum! <laughs> Perhaps Johnny heard the impression from beyond the grave and provided that scratchy throat as either a subtle nod or a payback. You do sound much better today. I am. From, no, no temperature. No, I'm good. I, never, I don't ever have temperature. I have temperature, it's just not above 98. I wish you could get to 97. Uh, Roberto Ventura writes, I believe you buried the lead in Monday's show. If I'm correct, Michael Wilbon, the collector of all things refined, the dropper of names extraordinaire, the cover boy for Chicago lifestyle fashion, the attender of exotic Magic Johnson birthday parties, eats Subway sandwiches. Has Wilbon gone populist? My world is upside down. Am I now also to believe Sweden does not lead the world in steel harvests and the requisite combine repairs? Are you telling me foxes are indeed rabbits, that paydays do not grow naturally in the wild, that Saliza need not in fact eat it? Shaken, Roberto Ventura. Do you think he adds the crunchy toppings? I don't know. Damon in Seattle, Washington. I always thought his Wilbon is a one percenter. He owns various <laughs> homes, dresses in nice clothes, and only visits Target once every five years. But Mike Wilbon goes to Subway. He's just like us. Keep up the good work, Mr. Tony. From David Thibodeau. Now that Wilbon has put it out there, how soon can we expect the first read for Subway? Please don't say my name on the air unless you get it right. The H is silent, you buffoon. David Thibodeau. How's that? <laughs> buffoon. How's that? Steve Clemenson in Edgewater, Maryland. Something dreadful has happened. Something really, really dreadful has happened. My brother has bought a Subaru. Not just a Subaru, which is pretentious enough, but a white one, which looks so pristine and pompous that it's the ultimate in pretentiousness. I'm beside myself, Mr. Fuzzy Face. He has brought shame to the Clemenson clan. I don't know what to do. Is there any way you can help me? Is there such a person as a Jewish godfather, you know, a Hebrew mobster that could leave the head of a kosher animal in his bed or maybe pastrami sandwich with mustard? Yeah, you got to have the mustard. If not, maybe there could be an accident with a dreidel that finds his way in his eye socket. Wait, I got it. I got it. You could send a demented moil to his house for an impromptu <laughs> circumcision. Do you know someone like that who could help? If so, we could work this in on the sly and a large sum of money could eh, find its way into the bank account of your choosing in the Caymans. Thanks, Mr. Tony. I'm in a real spot here. You're the answer to my prayers. From Josh in Manhattan. I didn't realize I needed to write into the show to inform you and to register the vehicle if and when I was acquired uh, uh, either a Peloton or a Subaru, both of which I've bought since the pandemic has begun. I wholly blame my wife for both. Like Alex Lau wrote into Monday's show, living in Manhattan makes this decision an even greater sign of disarray than usual. I've had two Subaru experiences since buying my Crosstrek. I took it to Maine three days after buying it, the Lakeside Baptism by Fire that I assume all Subaru, Subaru owners participate in, and the uncanny notice that I've taken to the incredible glut of Subarus parked on the streets near my apartment on the Upper West Side. What can I say? We are a type. Have a happy Thanksgiving and a Hanukkah if I don't speak to you. Subarus, they're all over the place. Um, dear Grandpa Porthauser, say moi, le cheeserie. I'm the Peloton rider. Oh! who Michael virtually bumped oh, no. into last week. I created the Lachiserie username and hashtag many months ago, hoping to be discovered by a loyal little so that we can all unite under the Hofwaff Rider hashtag. I just never thought it would be Michael himself. 
The funny thing is I don't live anywhere near the 20015, even though it's in my Peloton profile. I only put it there to pack my username with as many insider references as possible. I feel betrayed. I actually live in Chicago, but I used to be a oh, resident of, of 20009. <laughs> I know none of this makes sense to you. That's okay. Just have Michael interpret. In my fantasy world of Mr. Tony meets Peloton, instead of exchanging virtual high fives, loyal littles exchange virtual TK salutes. And if the hashtag Hofwaff movement grows to be as large as Luke's ego, perhaps we can convince Peloton management to have a TK-themed ride. Just imagine, a special guest instructor, perhaps Floyd Landis or Michael Phelps. Littles ride to jingles <laughs> sung by Joe Arrow and Kirsten Onstad and cool down to the mystic. We pack the studio with current and former guests like Howard Feynman, Jaws, Courtney. We even raise money to help Junior attain his 36-inch waist. <laughs> we'll just have to keep the in-ride references to real running real cyclists off the road to a minimum so as not to upset the sponsors. Just Let me wrap it. up my email by pitching you on perhaps getting a Peloton yourself, especially while you're consigned to the attic. You've already got a couple of things going for you. Your house is already 95 degrees, just like an actual studio. You mentioned that you used to enjoy riding yourself when you were a little bit younger during what I assume was the Great Depression. And you've already got a son and daughter-in-law who ride. The woman to whom I'm related by marriage and I got our own parents who aren't much younger than you and Carol to get a bike and they love it. Being able to talk about our favorite rides and instructors together is pretty cool. Finally, let me just say, thanks for all the years of entertainment. I converted my brother, Kevin, to a loyal little a few years ago. In fact, you read his email on the air about how he would eat dried fish skins on the streets of Shanghai while listening to the pod. <laughs> the connective tissue of the show always gave us something to talk about while he was living half a world away. Please don't read my name on the air as I once gave Nigel a TK salute in downtown Bethesda at the very beginning of the TK sticker movement. And of course, it is John Koval of Chicago, Illinois. I'm very grateful for this email, and I think you are too. 20 straight days. Thanks for all the high fives. All right. <laughs> if you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. You want to talk real customers? Kid, that's me. I'm like the mayor of Dunkin's. This is the face of Dunkin' Donuts right there. <laughs> Go back to Starbucks. <laughs> Time and people tell Tell you if you're ready People we don't even know Still talk about you around the stereo Cause just like Wise Ted said You had the songs, you caught the thread And tonight I'm Yeah. 
your voice inside this crowd and I can't find my own way out I've gone astray lost inside this unknown I parted ways With every familiar face I've known Am I denied The things for which I long Will I ever find my way to a home I've never known I need an angel Watching over me My own dark angel Find me when I can't see To give me strength when I'm not to give And make me get up when I want to quit Signs that echoes off these walls And help me make sense of senseless thought In the dark of night I lie awake Trying to make sense Of senseless things The clock it stands still And reminds that nothing has changed And the pictures on the wall Make me long for yesterdays I need an angel Watching over me My own dark angel Find me when I can't see To give me strength when I'm not to give And make me get up when I want to quit To break the signs that echoes off these walls And help me make sense of senseless thoughts
I lost your voice inside this crowd, and I can't find my own way out. Yeah, I need an angel watching over me. Strength when I've none to give and make me get up when I want to quit. To break the signs and echoes off these walls and help me make sense of senseless thoughts. Where's my dark angel watching over me?